This is Faster Forward from Northern Trust Asset Servicing, where we explore stories, insights, and lessons learned from leaders and innovators that are driving transformation across their industries. This is Faster Forward from Northern Trust Asset Servicing. In this podcast, we explore stories, insights, and lessons learned from leaders and innovators who are driving transformation across their industries. I'm Patrice Sakora. With me is Jennifer Smith, co-founder and CEO at Scribe. And back with us again is Pete Cherowich, president of Asset Servicing at Northern Trust. Now, today we'll be hearing about what inspired Jennifer to launch Scribe, how the tool is transforming the distribution of knowledge and data across organizations. And we'll also learn what sparked Pete's interest and led him to ultimately onboard Scribe to help improve productivity at Northern Trust. So Pete, Jennifer, welcome to Faster Forward, and thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, same here. Nice to see you, Jennifer. Now, before we dive into today's discussion, Jennifer, tell us about you. What did your career journey look like before you became an entrepreneur, and what's it been like since becoming co-founder and CEO at Scribe? Uh, my career journey looked non-obvious to get here. There's a, a great Steve Jobs quote that you can connect the dots uh, only looking backwards. And that's certainly how I feel. I started out uh, first in investment banking and then at McKinsey for seven years, um, working mostly with financial services institutions uh, in the operations practice. So functionally, that meant flying around the country, going into operations centers in places like Salt Lake City and elsewhere, and uh, and trying to figure out how to make them run better. And if you ever do that work as a consultant, you learn the name of the game is you figure out who the best person in that op center is and you befriend them. And then you sit next to them and you just ask them, what are you doing differently than everyone else to make you so good at your job? And I'll date myself now because this was 15 years ago. They'd pull out a really thick binder and they'd dunk it down on the desk and they'd say, here are all the processes and procedures that I had to memorize in my first few weeks here. But let me tell you, that's not the way I actually do things. I found these 50 different shortcuts or I found my own way and this is what this looks like. And as a consultant, my job was to write that up into PowerPoint and give that back to my clients. But I always thought like, gosh, if that person had just had a way to share all the amazing things they had figured out how to do, they could have had really big impact in that op center. And, and you kind of saw it. Maybe the people who sat next to them or who were friends with them picked up some of their tips and tricks along the way. But I kind of filed it away in my brain as like someone someday will certainly solve that problem. That kind of seems really obvious. And then, you know, fast forward 10 years later and I'm, I moved to Silicon Valley and I was working in venture capital on the enterprise software side. And I got really curious about why people buy enterprise software. And so I talked to over 1,200 people like Pete, CIOs, CEOs, CDOs at large enterprises to try to understand what are the challenges you're trying to solve? What what are the pain points you're facing? How do you think about your tech stack? What do you wish we were investing in? What software do you wish magically existed that could help your company? And I kept hearing the same theme coming up of, you know, my company runs on processes. What do I have? I have people and I have the things that they do every day to generate value for my business and for my clients. And all of that knowledge of what people do, what they know how to do, walks out the door every day at 5 p.m. And I got to hope that it comes back. And I, I try to capture it, but it's really hard to do, right? My, my only option is to either tell someone, take time away from your job and write down what you know how to do, which is not a very popular ask, 
or to hire some version of 29-year-old Jennifer with her Lenovo ThinkPad as a consultant running around <laughs> and look over at people's shoulder and do it for them, right? And, and both of those are really suboptimal in a number of ways, right? They're very manual. They represent a single point in time, et cetera. And so technology had advanced to a point where we could use it to solve this problem. And so I looked at it and said, well, what if we could just watch your experts do the thing that they're great at? What if we could just observe your business processes as they're being done and automatically capture the best of what people know how to do? What if this becomes rather an or, how do I take time away from productive work to invest in things that will make me more productive? What if it's I'm able to do those things while I'm being productive, while I'm doing work? What if documentation and knowledge transfer became like digital exhaust, just a byproduct of people doing their work? And so to answer your question, I think for me, it just came from a real interest, maybe even obsession with this problem I feel like is so prevalent and, and it gets even harder, the bigger and more complex and distributed your organization gets. But but everyone is facing and really affects the way that companies are able to operate and the experience that people have every day when they show up to work nine to five. And so to me, it was almost like, gosh, well, if no one's solving this, this feels so important and like such a big unlock if someone could solve it. And I guess maybe maybe that'll be me. When you're describing that, it makes absolute sense. But nobody saw it before you. Nobody did it before you. Obviously, you've got a love of data processes, productivity. And we know that's something that you have in common with Pete. And we know that because we spoke to him earlier in the season. But Jennifer, is there one single moment when you came to the realization that, hey, there are organizations across the globe that could use a tool like Scribe? It's so the culmination of many moments. Like I said, if you look backwards now, I think about all of those times I was sitting next to people and looking over them sh their shoulder and they're showing me I, I'm alt tabbing between these 10 different screens and I'm doing this, this, this and this. And I'm literally sitting there like trying to write it down, you know, and recreate what they're doing. And, and like and that was the work product um, of, you know, this big fancy consulting firm they're paying a lot of money for. I think that the aha moments for me with scribe came from um, talking to early customers and, and having them say to me, and Pete, I remember you and I even had one of these conversations when we first met, like, look, if, if you can help me help my people be more productive at what they do, that's a big unlock for my business because that's the most valuable work that's getting done in my company, right? There's a bunch of stuff that's being automated and you know, that's happening in software systems, but fundamentally, it's still my people who are running my company at the end of the day. And They've all invested in becoming experts in my business and, and knowing how to do really valuable things. And like, if I just had a way to make them better at that and to scale the best of what they knew how to do, like that's a huge step change in my business. And so those kinds of conversations, including the one, you know, Pete, you and I had when we first met are, were super energizing to me. And I think like just continue even now when I talk to customers and they say that it's almost like they're kind of speaking to my heart because this is something I believe so much in and have put a lot of energy in, into kind of building out and, and bringing. I think my favorite reaction is a bit of what you just said, where whenever I, I demo scribe and show it to someone, usually I get a some version of either, wow, that's really cool or gosh, I wish I had this last week when I had to do a bunch of things manually. Or sometimes I get, this feels so obvious. Like there's no way that this could be true. Why have I never seen this before? And to your point, I think it takes sometimes years of, of like really thinking about a problem, at least it did for me, <laughs> and thinking about a problem and really like talking to customers and building something and iterating on it to get to something that then feels pretty seamless and intuitive. Well, Pete, obviously you saw the need for Scribe at Northern Trust. What exactly was the need that you saw? And then how are the teams using Scribe? Yeah, 
So it's funny. So first of all, I, I think I'll, I'll quote something from uh, that I use, which is the best strategy is always written after the fact. <laughs> all right. And so I think to say I saw the need for Scribe is an uh, interesting way to put it. But let me tell you what happened. What happened is one of our directors said, hey, there's a cool piece of technology. You should meet Jennifer. I'm like, all right. We scheduled a call. At the same time, we had implemented a tool that allowed us to track what everybody was doing during their day. Because what we were trying to do is look for areas that we called non-value added. And by the way, non-value added doesn't mean it's not important. It means the client's not paying you for that. Okay. And you've got to figure out how to get more productive around it. And what was interesting to me was what came up with that happened to be training. And a lot of people were spending a lot of their day answering questions for new people. How do you do this function? What do you do here? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You start adding up all that time. You're like, wow, actually, if they could train themselves, all right, and had all the tools, that would be a big unlock, right? So I'm having that thought at the same time as randomly we get introduced to Scribe and it's like, ah, okay, this could work. And then it gets even a little bit better because once you figure that out, then we realize that, you know, we're at Northern Trust, we're very client centric. Now, the great thing about client centricity is you do exactly what the client wants. The bad thing about client centricity is when you're trying to run a standard process, sometimes client centricity and standardization don't go together. Clients want things their way. And what does that mean? That means a different process. So then how do you actually keep track of all of these processes? Because it's not just an SOP in the army, right? You know, 13-5, you've got a couple thousand clients and each one does things maybe slightly differently. This is a great way now we can actually keep those client-centric processes, right? Easy to get. So if someone's covering for a day, they know, oh, here's what I do for this client. And then it got even better. At the end, we realized that with the pandemic and everything else, um, there was the times where you needed to transfer work around the globe. So from a disaster recovery perspective, how do you transfer work from one country to another country that happens to be client-centric and bespoke, right? If someone can't easily figure out, oh, here's the nuances of how I do this process. But if you have one library and someone says, oh, it's for this client, here's what I do. Oh, for this client, they do A, B, and C, not just A and B. Great, done. And they're off and running. So it adds a huge amount of risk mitigation for us as well. So, you know, overall, we're pretty happy. We're continuing to roll it out. And hopefully we'll continue to, to grow together here. Has it helped with remote training? Well, yeah, because when we say remote training, right, it's funny because I, I don't look at it as remote training. I look at it as self-service training. Mm -hmm. so I don't care if you're sitting in your house or you're sitting in the office. So you pull it up and it's like, oh, here's what you do. So actually it takes away that concept of you have to be remote or whatever, right? Because instead of knocking on your neighbor's door or leaning over, you just you self-serve. True, true. I love that framing, Pete. I'm going to I'm going to borrow that because I, I always struggle with this distinction when people say remote, you know, how does it change with remote work? And the answer is you're still doing work. It's still fundamentally someone at a computer yeah. on the phone working with a client executing a process and how they learn how to do that can be done in scalable ways or non-scalable ways, right? Yeah. Is it the person leaning over your shoulder, like showing you how to do things one-on-one, -on -one, or is it some kind of training or reference material or something that you're providing them where it looks like media or software that's scalable? And, and the key is, is that person that was training, right? The person that needed training, that person 
again, is doing non-value-added work because they're not doing their own work now. They're helping somebody else because that person's not up to speed yet. That's just extra cost. We got to take that out of the platform. Everybody's happier because let's face it, the person training, they're, they're, if sometimes they're being nice about it, okay, but it's actually a drag. They're like, oh, I got to train this person. I need to do my stuff. I still got to get it done. And it's a double whammy because that person training or getting asked the questions is maybe also one of your best people too, or your most experienced person. Yeah. There's a reason people are going to them with the question. That's right. Yeah, I agree. Right. Yep. So Jennifer, give us a little insight into how Scribe actually works on the back end. The like a, It generates step-by-step -step guides, but how? Yeah. So the idea from a user perspective is it, it should feel almost like like magic. So the flow is we've got a browser extension or a desktop application, doesn't matter. You say, hey, I'm about to do a process that someone is going to have a question on how to do. Either they're asking me right now, or uh, I know they might ask me in the future. Maybe we're going to train someone new on this. Maybe I've got a client who I know is going to have to walk through this process someday and I want to show them how to do it, right? Doesn't matter. You click the record button and you just do that process. Yeah. Enter a, you know, enter a new lead into your CRM, whatever it is. You do the new process. When you're done, you click stop record. And then Scribe will auto-generate a written guide on how to add a lead into that CRM with step-by-step -step instructions and screenshots. So step one, navigate to www.crm.com. Step two, click the add new lead icon, step three, and so on and so forth. And then there are a number of ways you can go in there and personalize it or customize it. But the idea is you don't really have to. All the info someone would need to be able to follow that process on their own is automatically contained in that guide. And the nice thing about step-by-step -step guides with screenshots, we didn't invent this format. It's a very human format. It's a very foolproof format, sort of regardless of your level of digital literacy or even understanding of that process, everyone knows how to follow that guide, right? It's almost kind of a universal human language. And now that becomes referenceable material that someone can then go into the scribe repository and find, you know, find that data. We've, we've invested as well in bringing that to the point where you're actually doing work. So the whole idea is how do you make knowledge transfer something that happens while you're doing work, just in time. You're not doing what Pete said, where you're taking a step back from doing productive work and showing one something. You're creating that documentation while you're working. And then on the flip side, we're investing in helping you as the learner, the viewer, the person doing that process, where you can find that in the moment, in the place you're going to do that work. And so um, a big direction for us on the product side is now when you go to www.crm.com, right? You'll now see the scribe, that document that's there for you if you're trying to figure out how to add a new lead in. And so this idea of really bringing all of the info in this just in time, in context, in the way that we're doing work, rather than pulling people out of it, which is the way that knowledge happens today and is a huge productivity sink in, in many different ways. But I um, think what's great for me when I uh, saw and I talked to the individuals that use it is how it can be added to and improved, and you can add the human language and nuance to the process, right? And a human uh, pro uh, a nuance would be something like, hey, remember, don't do step three before two on this or it gets all messed up, all right? Or this is only for Pete. If you're dealing with Jennifer, you have to do the other process. Don't, mistakes that people might've made in the past, you can queue up some, you know, in a nice big bold letters. It's easy to see. Here you go. So you can work with that. So it's just like someone was training you. That is your neighbor telling you, but be careful here. All right. Those things can be added in very easily as extra steps uh, once you record it and, and tag it.
Nice. Right. You're basically having the software do all of the the non-thinking parts, right? If you've ever sat, you know, sat and created step-by-step documentation, which like bless you if you have, many people have, and it's not an enjoyable process for anyone. You're sitting in writing steps, you're copy pasting screenshots. It's a 10-step process. You're trying to remember all 10 steps. I'll tell you on average, people usually only remember eight or seven even, and there's like this assumed knowledge. Well, of course you would have figured out that those are the steps to do as well. And so if you just take that part away and you now say, well, all of that's automatically been created for you, What's the extra commentary, that color commentary you would give to someone on doing this process? Now you can spend sort of like your valuable human time and thinking about sort of that extra layer, that extra color context, if there is any. And that's a good use of human time, right? Not the copy pasting. Like, I know that Jennifer is a harder client than Pete, so make sure you're extra nice to her. That kind (laughs) of thing. Jennifer, how about metrics? Do you have any metrics about how much time clients have saved since they began using Scrub? Yeah, it's it's really interesting. And this is where, um, I mean, I'll let Pete talk to it, but one of the things that was really exciting for us, one of the many reasons that, that Northern Trust has been great to work with is because you're so data-driven. And so you, you guys have collected some really interesting data. For us, working across different customers, it really has to do with the problem that they're trying to solve. So we usually do it in the context of what they're doing. For creating documentation itself, it's um, it's actually kind of fun. We have users who will who will clock themselves. They like they think it's kind of fun to, to do these challenges. And they'll, so they'll say, I created documentation the normal way and I clocked myself and it took me 50 minutes. And then I created the exact same thing with Scribe and it took me two minutes. And so what we've done is if we get a bunch of people who will just kind of send these to us um, and because I think they're very excited about how much time and pain they've saved going through that. And so what we find on average is creating documentation is, 15 to 20 times faster with Scribe than doing it manually. And you get a higher quality output because it literally doesn't lie. There's no missing steps or assumed knowledge, right? It's literally everything that you had to do sort of consistently and comprehensively. Um, and then we'll have customers who who will sort of measure based on what they're trying to do with that, right? So this meant that I was able to onboard a new sales rep instead of uh, usually taking us uh, two months, we were able to do it in five weeks. Or, uh, you know, we look at how we respond to customer requests, right? Um, so customer writes in, asks us for, for something or needs some kind of enablement on a new software. And because of this, like we're able to respond to customer requests 50% faster because now we can just send them a scribe rather than recreating it every time. So it's very use case dependent, but the common theme over and over again is this idea of we're saving a bunch of time in creating the documentation and it's a much faster experience for the person on the other side of being able to get an answer to their question, get to resolution. And it's like, frankly, usually a more delightful experience too to follow kind of this beautiful guide rather than, you know, listening to a video or getting on a Zoom call or however people were doing it traditionally. I think for us, it's um, it's pretty simple, right? But we'll start with just saying, and I agree with Jennifer, you faster time to productivity. So you do your job, you get trained faster because you have all the tools there. So you have improved performance toward KPIs. You're not guessing, right? You have it there. So your KPIs are better. And interestingly, I was surprised, I don't know if I was surprised, but I was surprised that there was has been an increase in employee satisfaction as well. So they're happier with it. All right. And that's great. Um, and on the flip side, all right, back to my original premise of connecting the dots here was productivity. We are seeing um, our team spending less time on non-client tasks, right, by a big number and having more time spent dealing with the clients and doing things versus training others. So the first piece was just on the individuals that needed to be trained. 
but let's forget the trainers are now being much more productive as well. And that's a stat that I originally was interested in uh, that has played out. Well, now this question is for both of you. So Jennifer, you start, where do you see Scribe and Northern Trust, the partnership headed in the future? Yeah, there um, there are many things that are exciting about our partnership. I mean, one is the levels I alluded to, like the level of data that you guys bring. And, and Pete, I, it sounds like we met at just a very fortuitous moment as you were kind of thinking about this. But what was interesting and pretty unique for us for Northern Trust as a customer and a partner is you guys have some really rich data in understanding how your people are spending their time already. And so you were able to say, hey, we, we've looked at where are these value-add activities, where are non-value-add activities, and we already have a hypothesis on these are the areas that, that we want to be able to reduce. And so we were able to be really targeted from the beginning and say, ah, these are areas or these are groups where we think there is lots of opportunity here. And, and we saw that play out really well. I think what becomes really exciting is, is the next layer is a lot of the kind of additional benefits and use cases that, that you were talking about, Pete, where, you know, for example, now you're able to dynamically shift people between uh, different groups. If you've got cyclical, it's quarter end close and this team is slammed. And rather than having to to really staff up that team or something, you're able to borrow resources from somewhere else. There's a number of these kind of additional use cases that that I think get really exciting. And for us, as we think about where we're investing in building out our product as well, it, it's really this idea of um, how do we meet people where they're at and solving for that great kind of employee experience, but in a way that drives better KPIs for the team, drives higher productivity, drives value for the business. And that's this idea of every time you go to do a process that is repeatable, create a scribe for it. And that means next time someone has to go do that process and they have a question on how to do it, they're not bothering you. They're not trying to figure out how to do it on their own and doing it suboptimally. They're following it themselves. I think one of the things that was really interesting for me when when I chatted with some of the early users at, at Northern Trust was we were looking specifically at the data around reduction in uh, non-value-added task time. But they said a lot of what you just said, Pete, they were like, the surprising thing for us was like our KPIs of our business improved. And now I'm an employee. I've been here 10 years. I'm a veteran. I know what to do. I'll still pull up a scribe when I go to do this process because you know what? It's complicated and it's important. These are high stakes. These are client transactions. And so now I can just pull it up and follow along and know I did it right and I did it faster and I'm just done with it and I kind of, I can move on. And so I think the thing that gets exciting is, is you think about an organization getting more and more people using it more and more is the value compounds over time because it's a knowledge repository and that grows over time. And so the behavior you're trying to grow and it gets positively reinforced naturally is when I have a question on how to do something, I first go to see if there's a scribe before I go ask someone else or before I sit there for 30 minutes and try to figure it out on my own. And then when you go in and there's actually a scribe for it, that's a magical experience. People don't forget that. And so then the next time they've got a question, they're now trained to go and and check to see if there's a scribe first. And if there isn't, they're going to say, oh, I'll create one this time because I know how helpful it was being on the other side of this, right? And so you build this behavior where there's, unlike most knowledge repositories, a positive feedback loop where, you know, the more people create and the more they share, the more likely they are to come in. And that is obviously a great experience for individual people, but it also creates a lot of organizational value now because yeah. you have all this institutional know-how 
that actually now lives somewhere. It's somewhere you can actually point to and look at and see what your processes are in a place and have that accessible to everyone who needs to know how to do that, whether that they're, you know, a new hire or someone who's been there for 10 years, but just wants to make sure they're doing it right. You know, it's funny. I, um, like everything, I was preparing for this and I thought, oh, you know, hmm, where could we go? And so I, I've not had any conversation like this with anybody that works for me or Jennifer, but here it goes. We actually spend an inordinate amount of time doing something called a risk control self-assessment. And what that is looking at every process in the company and putting a risk overlay to that process and then trying to figure out where our manual processes match towards our high dollar uh, potential losses or risk. Um, and so in prep for this, I'm like, you know, we should be able to do something here in the future if we have all the processes on a scribe and we know what's manual, what's not, what's a high dollar value transaction, we could then pinpoint to, okay, here's where we need to eliminate this manual activity. And it's exactly right, right? So huge value in that. So that's my product idea for the day for, uh, for Ms. Smith there. Yeah, that's oh. really interesting. I like that yeah. a lot because it's almost like, imagine you could see a physical manifestation of your processes. Like right Correct. now, if you want to know what your processes are, like what, what are your choices, Pete? You tell someone to go look over someone's shoulder, yeah, you call them up, you ask them what they're doing. Yeah, we have to go to binders or better than that now, we've loaded them into systems and they're really ugly to look at and I can't stand reading them. So we're on the same page. So there's a next thing for you to build. Yeah, I love it. We'll talk more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have one more question. I'm looking for final thoughts from you two about the transformation of knowledge and data and any guidance you might be able to give to listeners to move their organizations faster forward. Now, Jennifer, why don't you take the first crack? So, I mean, that's, that's a really big question. I, I think we're, um, I think we're undergoing a change. I hope we're undergoing a change in how we think about knowledge. I think we often think about knowledge as a capital K. Maybe you even have a, a knowledge team. You have people who are responsible for creating the knowledge and they put it in the official place. And again, it used to be the binder back in the day. Now it's your much more high tech version of that. Maybe it's a wiki or something. You know, what What percentage of the actual knowledge in a company is actually written down somewhere? Certainly for process knowledge, it's less than 0.1%. Most of it, you know, lives in people's heads of the way things are actually getting done, what people are doing when they show up. And so I think we're moving from this sort of like knowledge is something that you officially write up and put into a wiki and maybe people reference to how does it now become part of the flow of working? And there are different kinds of knowledge. I think we've prioritized a lot of sort of uh, procedure knowledge. Uh, so this is our value prop to customers. Here's how we talk about our products, et cetera, et cetera. All of that's very important. But the what do people actually do every day when they're sitting at their computers nine to five, fingers on keyboard, they're working across these different software systems and tools that have been purchased and by the way, you talk to anyone who has purchased any software in any kind of enterprise, and they'll tell you the number of software systems they've purchased has ballooned. I'm sorry, on behalf of the software industry. So now there's more and more tools for people to learn and, and know how to do. And that knowledge is just, we learn, we assume people learn by osmosis. Like, I'm just going to look at the person sitting next to me. Maybe if they're remote, I don't know, we get on Zoom. I sort of figure it out. I'm Googling. I'm trying to do it. And that's really important knowledge. That's the knowledge of what gets your company to run. So I think that the shift we're starting to see is this idea of workers, I think, demanding more and, and companies demanding more and saying, well, how do I make sure that that information, that valuable procedural in the moment how-to information is available to people when they're going to actually do that work? 
And then if you're getting even more demanding, how do I do that in a format that is really easy, really accessible, really friendly, and ideally doesn't even take them out of the flow of that work? Because that's where you get big you know, productivity losses is when you pe- take people out of the context in which they're trying to do something. So I, I think there's this shift in taking knowledge of we really thought a lot about this uh, really important kind of uh, ground of information that you need. But then we've really neglected this, like, now you're actually butt in seat and you're going to do the work. What is it that you actually do? How do you interact with that computer and those software systems? And so I think we're seeing companies prioritize that more and more now. And and thankfully, like technology is catching up and is able to support where it meets people and the way they're doing work, where where they're doing the work, rather than forcing people to go find the technology. And Pete? You know, for me, um, I'll simplify a little bit here and and really two thoughts. Um, Thought number one is if you have data about your organization, then keep your eyes and ears open because there are things being innovated across the industry and you don't know what's going to hit. So try different things. All right. And then when you find something, oh, wow, this is good. You know, I started out thinking about this. My first interaction was, okay, online manual. Sorry, Jennifer. All right. Uh, and but then you're like, OK, that seems like it could help. Let's do this. Then you get into it. And it's like, oh, wow. OK, this can do more. This can do more. And then you get excited about it. But if you don't try, right, then you have a problem. But you have to also be willing to cut the cord and say, no, nope, not what we needed. Didn't work, um, et cetera. But the innovation is out there. So try different things. And the second thing on the data piece, you have to have the underlying data of what everybody's doing in your organization, where it is, et cetera, because then the results, you can actually look back at that and say, here's the business case. Yes, it's paying off, right? And go through and that's what will then justify, continue to roll it out, et cetera. And also ensure that you do get the benefits from the individuals. Well, Jennifer and Pete, that was a lot of information. Thank you so much for talking to us about Scribe. And how the tool uses data to allow employees to save time, it's been improving processes, and Northern Trust's experience with improving productivity. Again, thank you both for being here. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to our audience for listening to Faster Forward from Northern Trust Asset Servicing. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Subscribe to Faster Forward from your favorite podcast app to be automatically notified of new episodes. This audio podcast is being provided for informational and educational purposes only and is not meant to be taken as investment advice or a recommendation of any specific investment product or strategy. The information does not take your financial situation, investment objective, or risk tolerance into consideration. Listeners, including professionals, should under no circumstances rely upon this information as a substitute for their own research or for obtaining specific legal, investment, accounting, or tax advice from their own counsel. Northern Trust Corporation, head office 50 South LaSalle Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60603. USA Incorporated with limited liability in the U.S.